Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Construction Approach to Animal Welfare and Training Podcast. We are your host. I am Masa. Hi, everybody, and I'm Sean. We hope that you are cuddled up with your animal companions and ready for this exciting episode. Before we begin, we have a big announcement. That's right. We want to announce a free conference that we're hosting, and we're going to have an amazing group of speakers, including Dr. TV Joe Lang and Barbara Heinrich, and some of our Cal members as well. And topics will include constructional approaches with humans and animals, consent and assent, team building, applications of CAT, and some amazing case studies. And all you have to do to join is be in our membership during November 13th and 14th. So feel free to try our trial membership period for just one dollar. And don't worry if you can't actually make it on November 13th and 14th either, because recordings of these talks will be made available to you as well. So we hope to hope to see you guys there and enjoy these great talks and discussions together. And to find more information, please check us out at caut.com. C A A W T.com. Yes, we hope to see you all. In today's episode, we will be sharing a fun and easy procedure we have been developing with CALP members to help people and their dogs have mutually enjoyable walks. So let's begin. And yes, this this has been a procedure that we've been working on for at least a couple of years now, and it actually dates all the way back to one of our really really early episodes that we did. Um, episode eleven. Episode eleven. Back there in twenty twenty. Yeah, and and this this was you know this this episode is a good snapshot of you know where Moss and I were at that time when it came to leash walking procedures. And we were doing our best to apply in a constructional way a version of a stop-and-go leash walking method. Stop-and-go meaning that we would stop whenever, the, whenever our dog started to pull. And whenever they stopped pulling, we would go ahead and start walking again. And that procedure, it, it, you know, although it, you know, it worked well enough and we were starting to feel like we were making good you know, headway for a while, um, it, it didn't necessarily feel that good when we were doing it because of Chu's responses, you know, as they, they actually started to get way worse over time whenever we would stop. Yeah. And we, you know, inadvertently ended up kind of shaping up what, what appeared to us, well, I guess with time we know now, ended up being some like leash frustration where whenever we would see dogs and Chu was on leash, he would you know, often, you know, growl and lunge and bark and, you know, especially for someone who doesn't know that like when Chu would get close or when it was off leash, this behavior would stop. Right. It would look really, really terrifying. You know, it it did look terrifying Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel good. I know it didn't feel good for Chu and you and I, you know, we weren't enjoying that. And so we, we, at that time wanted to, you know, we kind of started a crusade to find something different. And we wanted a procedure that, you know, that we could do that would be a little bit more errorless, a little bit more conjugate. And we were, you know, wanting to, you know, kind of brainstorm, you know, ways to get there. And I ended up calling, you know, person that you guys have heard on this show a lot of times, uh, Chase Owens. And um, I like to talk to him whenever I've got these kinds of questions. He's a good person to, to kind of talk things out with and figure out, 
you know, what some, you know, neat details might be that we could look at. And we had this discussion about how to make leash walking a little bit more conjugate, a little bit more loopy, a little bit more airless. And, and Chase threw out an interesting thing that he was, that he said that he had done a while ago with one of his dogs. And whenever they would start walking and his dog would start pulling, he would start walking really slow, but he kept walking and he would kind of drag his feet and like make stomping noises with his feet and when the dog turned around to check in, like, you know, what's going on back there? Um, Chase would start walking again. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that I, was, I was thinking, wow, that's a really, really, really good step into doing something that could be conjugate in, in relation to our speed going in a direction that the dog wants. And this really kind of got you and I, Masa, really focused because we we really like to try and do function you know, function-based interventions. That's right. And when we are outside with our dogs, inevitably, you know, they're, you know, there's something out there that they find interesting and that they want to walk to and check out. And, and I was, you know, it, it was just crazy having that realization that, wow, I can give them that when they give me this other thing. But what to do in between was this of question. And Chase had this interesting approach of still moving, but slowing down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow, we've got the pieces, I think. You know, from this, we can start to brainstorm and we can make a procedure out of this eventually. And so you and I started talking about this, thinking about what that would look like. We had put together a rough, a rough procedure that we had presented to different, you know, to different group classes that we had and also count members later on. And we kept presenting it to these individuals to test and revise, and that way we could have something truly easy, something that was, you know, a, a really easy to apply procedure, even with those dogs that might be just extraordinarily difficult to try mm -hmm. and manage when out on a walk. And, um, you know, right now it does seem really difficult to find that kind of really good, you know, medium with like, especially these really difficult dogs. And so I wanted something that even when you're like, like being dragged, like it's like a, like a boat and you're on your water skis <laughs> when, when you're being dragged, like something that you can actually still think about and, and be able to execute right there on the moment. And as we started to revise this and talk about this with our account members, we started to see kind of a common thing going on. And, and the dogs, you know, we want to make sure that we're changing our speed in relation to what the dog is doing. And that's the conjugate part of this. To where moment by moment, the dog's going to always get to go in the direction that they're wanting. And, and we'll talk more about the procedures mm -hmm. actually in a moment. But, but, you know, the idea is to let them keep going where they want to go and we're just going to allow them to go faster essentially whenever they're not dragging us to get there but where to change our speed in relation to what the dog is doing was kind of a constant question and where do we draw these lines um you know how many speed changes do we have and you know how fast do we go maximum how slow do we go slow and it, it got to be a little bit you know, a little bit more than, than I could handle <laughs> answering all of these. Lots of uh, variables. Well, and, and, and within them, the variation and mm -hmm. how we use those variables, it, I was just, 
you know, I, it became difficult for me. And it, I started having flashbacks of working with uh, Chase and working with Dr. Jesus Rosales Ruiz, making the interaction guidelines. <laughs> and, and, you know, funny enough that we've already spent two years on this, you know, that took... I think five years for us to to settle down on what we were going to call the interaction guidelines yeah. before even getting to the affection loop. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and a big lesson that, that I learned through that, and this is something that I'm sure every Orca student, you know, ever that, or any even Jesus student that's ever, you know, gone through UNT and worked with him. He, he wants us to be, speak plainly and descriptively. Those are two criteria that he puts on everything that, that we produce <laughs> with him. And I love that. I do too. It yeah. re- and, but it's, it really is an exercise. Right. Because you got to figure out, you know, what, what are the relevant things? What, what is it that I'm going to ask someone to pay attention to who, you know, has no idea what to do in this moment? You know, someone who's really looking for something to do and, needs help right here, you know, how can I speak this procedure in a way that can actually change their behavior? And we ended up boiling it down to just a couple of components. And I was really, I was, I was very dubious of if this instruction was actually going to be effective. And, and to an extent, I still am. Um, yeah. But, but I will say right now with the applications we've seen of this, our experience in the animal shelters, even anecdotal texts that we've gotten from friends that ended up trying this mm-hmm. at random points. And also from Chu, the very dog that we had this. That's right. This, everything started. Yeah, the, the, our, our, our original leash yep. puller here. Yep. And we've been getting extraordinary, out, well, not just us, but all these other individuals that have been applying it too. And, um, and, and so I guess now we should probably, you know, talk a little bit about the procedure. Yes. Before we talk about the procedure, because this is a constructional program, so we have to start with, we have, we have to follow the construction approach, the five critical elements of the construction mm-hmm. approach, starting with stating goal, terminal repertoire. That's right. And, and so we want to talk about, you know, with this procedure, you know, what, what the outcome is going to be. And, you know, for different situations, you might, you might need different types of behavior from your dog. And so the goal for this leash walking procedure is just for that leisurely walk, you know, hanging out, walking through the neighborhood, going around, walking with the kids and the dog, that leisurely, you know, non-working, just kind of hanging out together walk. And so the dog can be, you know, to the left, to the right, in front, you know, maybe lagging behind a little bit. The dog can be wherever it is that for that situation that they end up, you know, choosing to be, so to say. Mm. But um, the, the major criteria here for our goal is that we want to make sure that no one's being pulled anywhere, that no one's being pulled off balance or dragged to, you know, locations by the dog, that we're all walking together and the dogs around us within that, the, the, the room that the leash is allowing without pulling us. That's right. And the second element is knowing the current relevant repertoire, what assets that we have that we can build on to construct that, to get to that goal. That's right. And, and so the current relevant repertoire, you know, our dogs, they can already walk and, you know, they, they actually already know how to walk at the same speed as, as us. And, and they know how to, 
to walk on leash. They're just doing it in ways and under different, you know, conditions than we might, you know, than we might desire if we were selecting everything on our own. That's right. And we not only have to consider the, the animal's current relevant repertoire, but we also have to talk about the human. And with this procedure, and this is one of the tips too that I'm proud to say came from one of our uh, individuals that was in our Calc group class where they found it was a lot easier to implement this kind of a program when using a longer leash. Especially in the beginning. Yeah, especially yeah, in the beginning. Setting yeah. up for success. That's right. right. And and we'll talk about this more in just a moment. But we recommend, you know, before really getting in and trying to trying this procedure out to get comfortable, you know, using a long leash. Not everyone's used to using, a, you know, a 15-foot leash is what we've been using. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's used to, you know, handling that much leash. And so I highly recommend getting familiar with that. Um, in our count membership, a couple of other tips that have come up is making sure to actually tie at least three knots evenly spaced throughout that 15-foot leash. So every five feet, you know, having a knot inside that leash. And that gives you areas that you can grab onto because most of these 15-foot leashes are rope. Yeah. And so having that knot allows us to not only easily be able to control large sections of that rope, but it, it gives us something to grip onto. That way that rope doesn't just, you know, burn through your hands. Right. And also to help with that, another amazing tip that we got from our count members, um, we have some that actually wear like gardening gloves or workout gloves whenever they're holding onto that rope leash. And so that's a good way to just kind of help keep things comfortable and to have a good grip on that leash while we're working with it, If especially if we have a particularly challenging you know, dog that we're, that we're trying to walk with. Right. And another thing that we were also talking with the count members and an individual in the group class is that try to... Do it in the environment that doesn't have a lot of stimuli. Yeah. So go to a parking lot or do it in the morning or in the evening where there's, there's not a lot of people, if the dog is pulling towards, Yeah. if there's people. Yeah, yeah. that's a great example and or another great tip. And, right. you know, we have also talked about like playing times of day too. Right. If we know the dog is particularly challenging in different times of day, like when kids are coming off the school bus in the neighborhood and mm-hmm. all of that, that we can go at times of day where we can try and plan on there being as as little distraction as possible at the start. Right. And then the next question that the big question before we even design a program is to do assessment. Yeah, part of the relevant repertoire is that we need to actually understand this behavior that's going on right now. We have to know our big idea with step two and and the constructional approach is to really identify where we are now. That's right. You know, what, what are the things we got that are useful? What are the behaviors that are already going on? What's, what's going on in this situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so we need to figure out, you know, why the dog is pulling. Because pulling is topographically look the same, but pulling behavior may have a totally different function in different settings and conditions. So we want to know what the dog is after by pulling the leash. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you know, a dog can pull for many reasons. That's right. A dog may pull because there's a really cool looking human that they want to go check and jump all over and get some attention from. Mm-hmm. Um, a dog might be pulling because they want to really go pee over there on that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be pulling to go sniff a spot mm-hmm. or to go lick something or, or you know, horrible example. 
for for our dogs. Maybe there's maybe there's a kitty biscuit sitting out there somewhere that is you know very tasty and right. tempting, and they're wanting to pull over there to go get that thing. And so there can be many reasons you're saying. And there's another big thing is like the dog may pull and lunge to increase distance, to obtain distance from people or dogs. So Mm -hmm. there are so many different reasons why dog pulls. Yeah, right. They might not only be pulling just because they want to get to something. They want access to something. They might be pulling because they're trying to drive something away. That's right. Very, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And, And depending on. Each one of these things, even access to humans, access to things that they want to sniff, um, driving things away, all of these um, would actually necessitate or, or they, they could, you know, be better served with different types of programs. Right. We might be able to accomplish some of those, you know, all using the procedure that we're talking about today. But there might end up being a lot more error on part of the dog because we're not using the best suited program for that situation. So just like with all the other programs that we talk about on this podcast together, we want to make sure that we're giving the right program in the right moment. So we want to make sure that it's functionally aligned for that dog, that it's giving them exactly what it is that they want. And, um, and I can imagine like if, if, for example, here, you know, if the dog is wanting to get to a human, we would probably go ahead and give the dog the human Right there. Right there. Right. And start and start up the interaction guidelines and begin an affection loop to teach that dog how to greet people when out on walks. And adding in leash later as exactly. the affection loop expands. In different locations, right. exactly. And, and we'd end up going into, exactly, and going into that natural condition. Mm-hmm. And that would be a more airless way to go about it than what I would see happening if the dog is wanting to get to that person right now and we're trying to use this type of a procedure. They would end up going slow. Right. As you'll hear in our procedure, they would end up going slow the whole time. And so it would basically be errors the whole way. And it might be more difficult for the dog to actually know what the, what the, what the rule what the rule is here on walking to and getting to these humans. Right. So for this procedure, when we will use it is where the dog wants access to some tasty scents that's on the bush, a pea spot, or some other inanimated object that the dog will encounter during the walk. That's right. Like the, the world out there, basically right. minus living beings. Right. You know, so when we're walking and they're like pulling to get to these bushes or just pulling us down the road because this is their path that they walk on every day. And so they're just, you know, we're, we're just riding along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for the for the dog that's pulling and there's no clear, you know, oh, they want that dog. They want that squirrel. They want that human. Um, this is for dogs that are, like you said, pulling for those inanimate objects, those non-living things out there. Mm-hmm. And another thing. Tips that we also talked about with CALP members is if you have access to a harness, it's, it's better than the collar. Oh, yeah, very good point. We've talked about the 15-foot leash, but we did not talk about the harness yet. Right, like Y-shaped harness? And, and this is because the, the dog is likely already pulling a lot, you know, when we're starting this procedure. And, and we want to make sure we minimize the, the pain and the cost because... I think that's a a good way to accidentally set the situation to create some leash frustration and not only potentially cause, you know, harm depending on how how hard they're pulling. Mm -hmm. And so we want to take away as much of that as we can by going ahead and putting them in a harness that's going to, especially while they're pulling, you know, 
cause as minimal discomfort as possible. Right, right. So there's no additional stimuli or stimulus that may affect the dog's behavior while we are implementing this procedure. And, and one thing I also want to shout out about right now, this is a great time to, to plug one of the talks coming up for the, for the Count Membership Conference that oh, we mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So we mentioned a second ago that we wouldn't, we wouldn't use this for like approaching other dogs that the dog is pulling towards. And so you might be thinking, well, what in the world do I do now to, you know, how do we do that if yeah. that's not what this is for? Yeah. Well, come to the Count Membership Talk because you're going to see one of our Count members where they took what we were doing here and they kind of, they, they, they had an epiphany and they, they saw, holy cow, like maybe we could apply it to dogs meeting other dogs in this kind of a way and make it more, more constructional. And um, there's been some really cool results with this. We'll also share maybe right. later on our, our hurricane story where we used the same procedure yeah, with right. you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, really cool right there. So there's also a different procedure that we would recommend to use that would make things more more correct, so to say, easier for the, for our dogs to learn the rules when it comes to greeting other dogs and also other people. Right. So that was the second critical feature of the construction approach. Yeah. Going to the third element is the change procedure or the program steps from where we are now that we just talked about to where we want to go that we also talked about. That's right. And, and we had three criteria coming up to this. Um, one of them, or a couple of them we've actually already mentioned. But the first was that we wanted to give the dog exactly what it is they're after in this procedure, which here is getting to things, places that they want out there. And we wanted to make sure that we were minimizing contact, as much contact as possible with extinction, meaning we didn't want to take away what the dog is after. Because when we take things away that, that our critters are after, it, it can have that potential side effect of making things get a little bit worse because they get frustrated like I want that thing and I can't get the thing and so we want to minimize that by always at least giving a little bit of what it is that they're after and then our third criteria is that we really wanted this to be easy to apply and we we talked about that a minute ago as well and so just like the interaction guidelines we wanted things to boil down to to something kind of easy, kind of manageable that could be realistically done, especially in a difficult moment. And so we got four general guidelines here that we follow. And so it's basically, we're wanting to look at two things, like when the dog is pulling, and when we're calling it pulling, it's it's whenever my arm is completely extended out, where my elbow is completely extended and flexed. And whenever that is going on, I'll be doing what we call baby steps. I'll literally be taking half steps where if my feet are aligned right next to each other, my step would only be big enough to where the curve of one of my feet would be lined up with the toes of my other feet. Literally just taking half steps. That's a, We're going to keep walking wherever it is that the dog wants, just taking those baby steps. And whenever we continue walking like this and we notice that our arm is now flexed, we've got some our elbow is loose now, we'll return to just taking full steps, walking like normal. And our other two guidelines left is that during this process, we never stop when the dog is pulling. We never stop. We never redirect them unless it's a dangerous situation. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, and so like here, you know, we're in Florida 
And like any body of water, like even a pool in a parking lot, like a puddle in a parking lot, there's bound to be an alligator or a venomous snake in there. Right. <laughs> and so if our dogs are, are pulling, you know, to, to go get to that dangerous snake infested crocodile, you know, crazy water area, mm-hmm. don't let them do it. We'll, we'll stop and we'll re- redirect our dogs when they're going to dangerous places. But if, if, they're just pulling us down the sidewalk. We're we're gonna keep we're gonna let them basically pull us down the sidewalk, just baby steps the whole time. Mm-hmm. And and so that that comes to the very last point here is that really the idea is that we're going wherever the dog is going, unless it's dangerous. Right. We want to give them the reinforcers they want, whatever it is, however it's changing in that moment. We're just gonna have these two criterias on getting there. Whenever our arm is extended out all the way, we're going to be taking baby steps. And whenever we have flex, you know, whenever our elbow is loose, we're going to be taking full steps. Yeah, so that is the program. And the fourth critical features of the construction approach is identifying, maintaining consequence. That's right. And, and, and not just identifying them, but, but how we use right. those, yeah. those maintaining consequences. And, um, you know, as we talked about with this procedure already, you know, the aim is to go where the dog wants to go. We, we want to use whatever the heck it is that that dog is out there, you know, whatever they're after for in, in that moment. Right. In that second. Because it shifts <laughs> as we look at choose people. I was about to say, <laughs> this guy is so erratic. <laughs> it could go anywhere. Yeah. You never know where you'll end up. Uh-huh. <laughs> but as long as it's safe. Going yeah. wherever it is that they want to go to. And then they can access the thing that is, mm-hmm. is not, is, as long as it's not dangerous. That's right. And, and in the constructional approach, we've talked before that, you know, we never withhold these consequences for our dogs, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the problem behavior is. We aim to always leave that contingency that's maintaining it in place. So anytime that that situation is there, you know, we never withhold that reinforcer. Even if there's a an error, we would say, or problem behavior occurs, you know, we always deliver that consequence anyway. And that was a really interesting thing with this approach and why this leash procedure, I really feel, is something unique among, you know, the majority of the things that we might find out there. And the reason is, is because we never actually stop whenever chew is pulling us we, we keep going wherever it is he wants to go he's going to get to that mailbox pole he's going to yeah. get to you know whatever that is that that's out there that he's wanting to go sniff to as long as it's not going to hurt him mm-hmm. um, we'll let him go to those things and while we're going to those things and and we're pulling like we said we just walk a little bit slower we're taking those baby steps whenever we're you know whenever that slack is on that leash you know we're taking these full steps yeah, but if the dog stop, we will stop and away. Oh, yeah. You know, this is that. not like you want to, you have to always, you know, if the dog stop, you have to drag yeah, the you're dog. You're keeping going. No, no, no. <laughs> we want to follow the dog. And then mm-hmm. if they want to access to the mail post for five seconds, let them access for full five seconds. And if they decide to go forward, we will, we will follow. And, you know, this is a funny thing maybe about Moss and I, but I encourage everyone to maybe pick this up a little bit. Oh. I actually probably first saw this from Melinda Soda. Oh. But, you know, when you watch 
when I would watch her walk with her dog, yeah. like, whenever he stops, like they're stopping, yes. like they're stopping until, until Pav decides that he's continuing. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> like, Pav will lay down. Yeah. Like, well, okay. We're staying yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> that was cute. And so I really do, you know, just like you're saying, actually, yeah. anytime Chew stops and stuff, same with peepers and we get to walk our dogs together now. Right. Um, whenever either one of them wants to stop and check things out, we, we stop and let them check it right. out. Right. Yeah. Funny thing about Chew, too, this is, I'm getting off topic a little bit, but this is really cute. Like, whenever Peepers decides that he's going to stop and sniff something, like, you and Chew will keep walking down the road a little bit, yeah. but it doesn't take maybe five, ten feet before Chew, he'll stop and look back and he'll what? wait on Peepers yeah. until we keep coming. Yeah, that's <laughs> so cute. Their relationship is so great inside the house and outside the house. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. But, but the idea here for maintaining consequences is that we give the dog whatever it is that they want, and we never actually remove that consequence, too, for the problem behavior. And so we might be thinking now, you know, well, holy cow, if we do that, how is Chew ever going to learn? You know, that one way is different from the other. Well, if the consequences are the same, I can get to that mailbox pole, let's say. I can, I can pull Sean to that pole, or I can walk nice to that pole. Whenever we're pulling to the pole, he's getting there, but it's a lot more effort. He's having to, you know, he's getting, if he's, if he's taken, if he's at the end of that leash, you know, he's basically getting a little tension from the harness that he's wearing and, and we're not moving as fast. But whenever that tension is gone off of that harness and, you know, my elbow has a little bit of that flex, not only is it no pressure now at all, but we're moving faster. Right. And so now the program-specific consequences, that pressure on that harness now can become something a little relevant for Chew because the consequences are the same now. He now not, he doesn't have just pulling to get there. Mm-hmm. I've got alternatives to pulling. And so now the basic, the basic consequences of each one of those ways of, of getting there can now take effect being that he has multiple ways to do it. Right. So- It'd there's be, there's more benefit and less cost. Mm-hmm. It would be just like if we could get the same paycheck for, you know, doing doing really hard work, something like um, you know, like what's digging a really a hard job? Yeah, digging a hole soil. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, picking up garbage off of a highway, digging a hole, doing really hard work. You know, you know, exhausting, laboring work. You know, if you could get the same paycheck doing that that you could get sitting inside an air conditioned room listening to our podcast all day, you know, the, you would likely pick sitting in the room listening to the console un- unless you hate what you're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> or unless there's things that they enjoy. Yeah. yeah. If you like listening to this podcast, <laughs> we hope <laughs> yeah, the, then, you know, you would likely pick sitting in that air conditioned yeah. room to get your paycheck because it, it has better other consequences than the paycheck than, than digging that, you know, digging that hole. And so that's about the, that's what we like to think about with the maintaining consequences. So we're going to always give the dog what they want. We're going to always move in the direction they want. The only thing is, is we're changing the way we're walking, depending on what they're doing. Right, right. So uh, we come to the last critical feature of the construction approach, performance data. Yes, and this is really cool. We, we like to take data primarily on the thing we're building on, you know, the, the behavior that we're targeting the walking with us, the not pulling. I hate saying not pulling, the walking with us. You know, the time that our elbow is is bent, that, you know, there's there's flexation there. Mm -hmm. And but we also, you know, to see the relationship, we also like to 
see, you know, that undesired behavior going down. But a really cool thing, another shameless plug. I think this is shameless plug too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, come to our account membership. You can also do that, that trial period for a dollar. And you can actually see lots of video. You can see some graphs that account members have made. The count members have been applying this procedure all over the place right. and tremendous to, with tremendous outcomes and crazy different situations. And even like I mentioned that, that you'll see in the conference, you'll see that really cool, creative, you know, brand new application of this whole concept, you know, in a new situation, which is really cool and just heartwarming to see. So proud. It's well, yeah. just to the, these, these puppies that were starting to like maybe go down the wrong path. Mm. We're so quickly learning the exact right thing to do. That's going to help make their whole, it's going to save some lives, you right. know, that procedure that they came up with. Mm -hmm. And so I can't wait for everybody to see all these things, but come to the membership and you'll get to see some really neat graphs, some really neat videos of people doing, you know, this procedure. And then looking the behavior change through video and graph. Yes. Is another way to look at this procedure. And then we may have a very good discussion of how to apply to your situation. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and so make sure to visit us at kaut.com if you are interested in the membership and seeing these things. That's C-A-A-W-T.com. Before we go, we want to share some of our experiences teaching you how to walk with us and then have mutually enjoyable walks together. And as we were trying the procedure back in 2020, Chu's pulling got to the point that it wasn't really gentle and it was hard. And I was being pulled many times to the ground. So, you know, that, you know, I, I, I was about to say this is a funny thing, <laughs> but, but actually it's not. Um, yeah. Although, although moments in, in one of them had some funny tones to it but no this is a problem and and yeah. you know if you weren't someone you know that has all of your you know a healthy you know solid person you know being pulled especially in some of the situations that you have been pulled down in um yeah. <laughs> are not are, are not actually at all funny and you know for example um you know everyone out there doesn't know this but you know we we live you know on a in a coastal city you got beautiful atlantic beach out here and, um, you know, there's like these, these like wooden stairs that you walk to, to go from where these parking lots are to the beach access mm -hmm. to go to, you know, to the beach. Right. And so when we were one of these times, it was actually walking down those, these wooden stairs where there's sand all over them already. They're already slippery. And, you know, he, little turd saw something I must have been a bird or a dog yeah, or, a, yeah. you know, a person, right. <laughs> um, you know, saw something living out there and, and took off, you know, towards it. And, and basically you went down the stairs, you went straight on your butt, luckily. Yeah. And, and it was just like one or two stairs, you know, that, you you know, slid down, but that, it's, a, it's a problem. Yeah. I started that year being pulled yeah. on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was New Year's. New Year. That was New Year's. We were watching New, the New sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so, you know, these situations didn't stop there at that beach. You know, Chu had been pulling all over the place. And so this is why we were, you know, trying to find a good method and we were trying, you know, whatever the best stuff that we had, right. you know, to to help with Chu. But like you just described, it actually got worse. Right. 
to where even like what we now reflect reflecting back would call a gentle pull um you know what would happen is when he would pull we would stop and he would pull harder <laughs> he would turn on the four-wheel drive and he would dig in and he does this thing with his butt where he like gets like this like crazy amount of torque like mm-hmm. he can re yeah I, I bet you he could like pull like tree stumps at yeah. a yard he's it's an like athletic guy he is yeah. so strong and right. he's he's not that big well he's big but he's not super tall so i think that also goes into this a little bit like he's made the pull right yeah. and and so when he would do this like he would pull you down at that right. point sometimes me too right. he would pull us down and get his re that's how he goes right and so what ended up happening is he now knows that those gentle pullings don't go anywhere. We stop when that happens. So he would go straight yeah. to that incredible pull really hard, like as hard as he can pull. And at that point, like it's, you know, you have, you've lost all control. Yeah. And one of the things that I also noticed my behavior change because of being dragged, that's a very costly consequence for me. Yeah. I start to micromanage. Yeah, and we hold the leash shorter yeah. and we end up restricting more. Which I really don't want it to do for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that leash frustration yeah. eventually and, and and boy, it developed so naturally. It does. And and it and it almost doesn't seem like like it's real easy to get caught up in just the fact that we're being pulled and lose that attention that we're actually by our restriction and by continuing to control more and more and more and restrict more yeah. that we run the risk of accidentally creating like we did a, a little monster in that situation where yeah. now we we got to really actually do because like it could get dangerous even though right. he's wanting to get to it. Right. That's not a good way to, to do it, especially with the other dog. We don't know how they're going to react to a crazy golden monster, yeah. you know, coming at them. <laughs> and also it got to the point that I was relying on you to walk too, and I would do That's peepers. Right. And I didn't get to enjoy even walking with peep- with you because of that experience and because of my the behavior that I don't want to do with you. That's right. And the, the crazy thing is when we started ironing out this procedure and finding a good way to do it, especially way we could actually do it with our dog because Chu was a really, he was a really, he was a really, really, really bad puller. Yeah, he's an ultimate test, you know. <laughs> he, he was as rough as, as this beautiful dog that we worked with in the shelter, a, a beautiful little blue tick hound named Josie. Josie, yeah. the blue tick hound. She was, she was a purple puller. You know, that's the color that's given to distinguish, you know, to help walkers. That way people know what they're getting into and they've got the right training to walk these dogs. Um, they're given this purple color. And so the purple pullers, you know, she was one of them. And, and her and Chu both, when we started doing this procedure, and you guys, if you come into the count membership, you will all see this on the videos on there. It's really crazy how fast the pulling goes from going this, forward pulling to getting this like lateral movement where the dog is like staying like right in like our area you know not pulling at all and just like moving left to right checking things out and sniffing and walking around and it's really incredible how fast we actually started to see changes Mm -hmm. and and chew josie all these dogs that you'll see on the count membership all the dogs that we've gotten to work with at the shelter this is how we walk them now yeah and it's been a it's crazy, you know, how, how pleasant it can actually turn this situation for, for both us and our dogs exactly. in these moments. And now that we will walk 
both dogs. Like we couldn't walk peepers and chews together because we have to really focus on chew and the environment around us. But now we walk with peepers and chews, leisurely walking, talking about behavior analysis, mm-hmm. talking about construction approach. Filming. Filming. <laughs> yeah, we can do all of that. We can film now. <laughs> yeah, we can film now. Yeah. And, and Chu is enjoying sniffing around and, and going to sniff the bushes and then peeing on the mail post. And, and the cool thing, too, is that we've gotten to the point that Chu has met enough people that people at this point out there, they're 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 easy. Right. Like that, that's totally cool with Chew. But we did a different program for people. We did. We we basically introduced people using the interaction exactly. guidelines, setting up the affection loop. So it's combining now on the walk yeah. right now. And then same thing with dogs. We've started to get Chew lots of interactions with dogs now and greeting new friends. And so with dogs, we're still ironing out the finer points on this because there's some situations that we could set up where Chew would still pull and go bananas. Right. But we're working through those, and um, and we're really getting to the point where Chu is, you know, he's kind of becoming as reliable as as Peepers at this point, where right. he's just kind of cool and reliable, no matter what we're throwing at him. Yeah, good companion animal. But but we didn't get all of that just through the constructional leash walking procedure, like you said. I want to make the that. Name. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's <laughs> we drop it at the end. <laughs> but but it was a combination of things that, right. that rounded out Chew's behavior. And so depending on what our dogs are after, you know, we might have to, you know, take a, a slightly different approach to, to get them what it is they want and resolve that situation for both of us. That's right. And this marks the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening. We want to take a moment to thank all the group class attendees and CALP members who have made this procedure what it is today. And if you want to explore, learn, and apply the procedure with your dogs, please join us at the CALP membership. We would love to hear your experience applying it to your dog and the types of walk you get to have with your dog. And for those of you who are interested in joining the free CALP membership conference, we will put the link in the description below to register. We hope to see all of you. And if you've been enjoying our podcast and are interested in going deeper with us on the science behind everything, you're going to want to join us in our Intro to Behavior Science classes, part one, two, and three. These classes will be a fun way to get to know the science behind animal training and how we can use it to enhance our outcomes as consultants and with our own animal companions. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast or share it with your friend. Feel free to get more information or reach out to us on our website, caawt.com, or our Facebook page, CAAWT, Construction Approach to Animal Welfare and Training, Instagram at NPO underbar CAAWT, or you can always email us at caawtcontact at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today. We are your host, I am Masa. And I'm Sean. Have a wonderful day with your amazing animal companions.